0: And then it's like when you're trying to keep up with the whole, OK, get your Instagram up there, post your reels three to five times a day or post <laughs> this. Make sure you're updating your stories. Oh, and don't just make sure you're on Instagram. Activate your this, this and that. And did you post a TikTok today? Yeah. OK, that's great for people who have an hour space between clients, maybe or only take their clients a day or a couple clients a week and they have the time to just sit down and make that content and get their business right in that subject but when you have a 9 to 5 if there's a cheat code somebody please let me know I haven't cracked it yet I haven't
1: yeah. <laughs> like- always ask why Coming at you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Today we have Lise McKinney joining us. Who is Lise? Well, she is someone I've met recently in the last few months who is this absolute sweetheart. And basically, we want to bring her on and hear her Lash journey. And along the way, we learned something kind of cool. She, I think, is like a lot of you out there. She is working two jobs. She's working as a Lash artist. and During the day, she's got full-time nine-to-five. And she's juggling the two. And we talk about that whole experience, what it's like, what's it? the struggles, and and what's her plans, and how she's working through it. And I think a lot of you who are doing that or have done that in the past will uh, feel a certain amount of kinship, I'm sure. And she brings a lot of good encouragement to her. Attitude is amazing, super positive. We also talk about how she gets clients and how really posting online really didn't do anything for her until she started doing referrals or asking for referrals, Right that's when things took off her salon. And then she also likes to talk about really just being open to new ideas and how she wants to encourage those of us who've been in the industry longer to maybe be a little bit more collaborative, a little bit more open to input about different way of doing things and not be so close-minded, which we all have simple agree with because that's why we started this podcast was to have those kind of talks and to discuss ideas that maybe don't fit in the box or aren't the traditional way of doing things. So there's so much good stuff here. I know you're going to get a lot from it and be greatly encouraged but before we get into that we have announcements it's time for nose burnt,
2: nose burnt, amazing,
1: all right what do we got going on it's all finally all unpacking we finally have stuff to tell you about first lashcon tickets the way we're working on right now we're hoping for late march It might be pushed back to early April, but don't worry. We will give you a heads-up warning when we have the exact dates down. Really pushing hard for late March so you guys can get going on buying those tickets. We already sold half of the VIPs, so when you... Come on, when they come online in uh, March, do not delay. You will want to get on board as fast as you can. And I would just get any ticket at this point. Don't you know, don't be just selling the VIP. Just be happy to get a ticket. Uh, and we will we have a lot of space, but it's still not infinite. All right. Uh, what else do we have going on? We are going to be speaking at a new thing. Tuss and I are gonna be at the premiere show in Anaheim April 2nd and 3rd. We're gonna be basically holding it like a little mini lash con, we'll say. we we'll call it last conference extension by Lashcast, and we we have five speakers coming to be there, and it's all about technique. As opposed to LashCon, which is really about business, this is going to be about technique. We have Ali Lilly, Kim James, my wife, Ruthie Bell, and Tress Larson, the big VIP lineup. As you know those names, amazing group of people, and we can't wait. I don't have links yet because I don't think the tickets are up for sale. They will be very soon, and then you can go ahead and get your access to that by going to the... Anaheim Premier Website, which we'll put the links in the website once it's up, or have it also on their Instagram. news styling retention course. We have three dates. We're going to be in Vegas on March 18th, 19th, New, Newburgh, New York, or really upstate New York, May 5th through 6th, and then Austin, Texas, June 16th through the, or 17th and um, through the 19th or 17 18th. It's going to be a Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday on that weekend, June. So, anyhow. Don't have that. The links up for that again. The next week we'll have that all up, so you can go get your tickets for Vegas, which is always awesome. New York, wow, that's awesome too. Go see us, and then afterwards spend a day or two in the big city. And then Texas is always fun because we're gonna be at Shelby's place, who we absolutely adore and love, and can't wait to hopefully see you there. So that's that. But Alice is coming up. We're gonna be speaking a few other places. We're gonna be at Lash Fest in London on March 25th or 26th. The Lash Boss Conference is gonna be also coming. That's gonna be April 22nd, 23rd. I hear those tickets are selling out quick. So you want to get your tickets if you want to come. Not just see us, but also there's an amazing lineup. And we will be at the premiere show in Orlando June 3rd through the 5th. Again, with a whole new lineup. Can't wait to tell you about that one. It's going to be another one out there in Orlando, which gets like 60,000 people. It's huge. It's like IBS in Vegas, but in florida um let's see what else also we have our party we're gonna be doing our ibs party with shelby last boss radio on june 25th tickets are up for that but just let save that day if you're going to ibs just plan to come and see us and hang out and party with us ah is that everything i think that's everything well there's more but we have a couple of our surprises coming but we'll wait month those are all finalized. But for now, there's you plan to be looking forward to, can't, hopefully we'll see it. One of these things, if not a bunch of the things guys, because we are always trying to serve you and bring you value. And these are lots of opportunities. We can come, not just meet us, but connect and network with other lash artists and grow and learn to be a better artist yourself. All right. Well, that's all there. Let's now sit down and do our interview. Cause uh, it was a good one. And it's always fun to meet some new people in our industry and kind of hear about their journey and how they got into it and where they're going. And hopefully guys, you'll get a lot from that too. In fact, I know you will. So let's get to our interview where we sit down with Elise McKinney and talk about her last journey.
2: Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Woohoo! I am super excited. We have a, a wonderful interview lined up with Elise McKinney of Rochester, New York. Hi. Hi. And we're going to have a great <laughs> conversation together.
1: That's the plan. That's the
2: plan,
1: yes. <laughs> hey, Elise, welcome to the show. <laughs>
0: Thank
1: you guys for having me. <laughs> yeah, we're super excited to have you on and join us. And we've just gotten to know you recently. And she actually was supposed to be at LashCon. Sadly, she couldn't make it. But uh, she's, she said she's going to come in 2023. So we'll see her later this whoop, whoop. year in person. But that said, we met last year. And I really liked Elise because you had such a positive energy and just a positive worldview and one that you want to see our industry lifted up and you want to see connections made and collaborations. And just, it was just really encouraging. Not everyone's like that. A lot of people are defensive. A lot of people are take sides. A lot of people are kind of closed (laughs) off. And I just felt like when you and me start talking, it was just like, you just opened the door and it was just really welcoming. And and I said, Oh my gosh, we got to get you on our show.
0: (laughs) Which I loved because like, like you said, Not everybody reacts well to even positivity, as ridiculous as it sounds, but a lot of people can be set in their ways. So when somebody comes with new ideas, it's possible that they might not just go with it. So the fact that you even took it and ran and loved what I was saying, I was just like, well, well, wow. Like I I was shocked myself.
1: Yeah, no, it was really nice. It was very refreshing and thus you're on their show, so anyhow, yeah. let's get a little bit <laughs> so people get some background because right now they're like, okay, great. So Elise is on Who's the show. Elise Paul McKinney? Paul yeah. likes likes yeah. Elise, thinks she's cool, but who is she? Why should we be listening right now? So maybe you can tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into the lash industry.
0: Yeah. So, well, my name is Elise. Um, I go by Elise. It's just I like it better. <laughs> <laughs> but the way I guess I describe myself is still as a baby tech. I just got certified in everything last May of 2022. All right. Well, no, in March. And then I moved into the salon in May. Okay. So I'm fresh to the scene, jumping out the gate. But that's only to lashing. Like I've been in the beauty scene and community for years. (laughs) We did cosmetology while I was in high school and then went from there just working beauty retail and beauty online, everything. So it's just like... Almost same community, but just mm-hmm. a, different, a different more specific yeah. niche. Yeah,
2: it is a bigger bubble.
1: Yeah, the greater sister brotherhood of beauty, and then there's the subcategories and all that. So yes,
0: that's the best way to put it.
1: Cool. So you actually in high school is that when you got your cosmetology? Was I know there's school programs where you can get that while in school, right?
0: Yeah, I was lucky enough to go to a high school that had that dual enrollment. You can choose in your sophomore year if you wanted to enroll in a trade for your junior and senior year. And I was originally going to do culinary because I thought I was going to be a pastry chef. Uh-huh.
1: That's Tessa's passion and- when she was young too. She loved- Really? Oh yeah. Not pastry, but just but food. Food. She wanted to be a chef.
0: I loved it. And then I didn't like how it looked, <laughs> <But> I <laughs> loved the cosmetology room. So that's why I okay. went that way.
1: <laughs> and when you graduated, you had a cosmetology degree and then you, did you go cut hair right away or did you say you went to other parts of beauty, I guess?
0: Yeah. I went to college and started working because I honestly hate hair. I- <laughs>
1: Oops! Okay. Well, that's part I of don't college. Don't like that's <laughs> part of school.
2: And <laughs> and that's that's what,
1: what you learn. You learn, learn what you like, right? What yeah, you like
0: and what you don't like. Yeah, we, it was honestly an ongoing joke, like between me and my cosmetology teacher. Kinda, it was just like <laughs> she knew I didn't like to do it, but you know I'm not a quitter, so okay, <laughs> I stuck it out.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you graduate, get down with school, and you have a degree that you don't plan to use now because <laughs> you don't like yeah. air But you, but yeah. you go to college. So what do you do? Do in college then?
0: Business. All right. (laughs) And that was boring. So I stopped that
1: too. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) So, by the way, I want to say something that's really cool because I think a lot of people don't realize this. And this is part of learning and growing as a person. You try things so you find out what you don't like. Not just what you do like, but you also find out what you don't like. Like when I remember when I was working on film projects and we were making some of these short films, we would joke that not only am I learning about the people I love working with, I'm also learning about the people <laughs> I never want to work with again. Because it's like, oh my gosh, they were horrible. And it's the same thing in life. And you don't know that until you try it. I think a lot of people exactly. like that. Exactly, you do way- not
0: know until you're in the field.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people just sit on the sidelines and go, oh, I want to be a hairstylist. Well, then go try it, right? Just do it. You'll find (laughs) if you like it or not.
2: Or a lot of times people think that it's somewhat of a failure or a mark, that they've tried so many different things and it took them so long, and that they have to portray to people. Well, you have to leave that other journey part out, and you have to say, well, I just woke up one day, hatched out of the shell, and knew that I was going to be a beauty professional. Yeah. No, it's like this journey for most of us, and that's normal.
0: Yeah. It's something that I like bounced around so many because I know I liked beauty, but I just couldn't figure out where I fit. Mm. It was like, okay, hair, uh, gross. Like, that's just gross. I and- think so too, <laughs> by the yeah. way.
2: <laughs> no, he gags like with stuff like, "Can you look at this th- spot on uh, my head?" No, or like, "Can you can really? you paint my toenails?" No. Yeah, I think most I've told sexy story thing the thing
1: I ever did was. T- put-
2: <laughs> Forgive me if I've told the story before, but when we first got married, I thought it would be so romantic if he did my toenails. You know, like if he painted them, right? And yeah. so, like, I got the stuff out and I sit down and I look at him and he's like gagging, and I'm like, "It's not like I have like yellow bunions and like thick that calluses or you. anything." No, he's like gagging. I'm and I'm like, what is wrong with you? He's like, oh, I love you, but this is so gross.
1: I, I don't that's like it. Yeah. So,
2: anyway, I realized that he's.
1: I'm not meant for you beauty. Just... <laughs> <laughs> and here I am in the industry.
2: <laughs> but that's so funny
0: because, like, if, because we, for cause, we had to have clinic days. And clinic is when people from the outside could come in and get serviced by us little seniors. And honestly, I would have ran to do somebody's pedicure so much faster hmm. than somebody just coming in for a cut or
1: really? coming in
0: for a color. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'll take the petty. Cause everybody else is like, I can't do feet. I can't do feet, feet, feet. I'm like, no, come on. Bring the feet
1: Let's on. Go. the feet, no. Yeah. Wow, so <laughs> gross. Anyhow. So you go to school, decide that doesn't work either business, but did you work now in retail? You said in beauty retail, is that? Yeah, where you're I've at? been everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? okay. So
0: I worked at Ulta okay. for a while. And then I switched to Sephora, which is like, ooh. All right. You
1: got the two big ones.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But
1: do you work at MAC, by the way?
2: Well, MAC was in Alta yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. So. so that's actually a foundation for a lot of beauty professionals, because when you have a um, license or have that background you know how to talk about things Mm -hmm. and working for a retail giant it really helps you understand features and benefits really how to approach customer service
1: you learn sales too right you learn how to sell which is actually a life skill that you can use it no matter what you do sales is actually a core life skill soft skill
2: so what was the next step after retail so
0: it was retail then i was medical receptionist and then it went back to retail (laughs) back to med and now I am a medical biller
2: and lasher.
1: Very All good. right. Well, you said Lash you, were, you were,
2: we were talking before the recording that you're in a senior position for medical billing. Can you share a, about that? Yeah, so that, I don't even know how I got here. To be honest with you, this fell
0: into my lap. So I work for one of the largest hospitals in Rochester, like the Rochester area. But I bill for not only the sites here in Rochester, we go all the way towards down towards New York City and up towards Buffalo. So they're kind of everywhere and they're growing. And I was a receptionist before this and a rep from this company just emailed me and was like, hey, are you interested in this? And I was like, well, let's see what's the pay like. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. If you want me to leave my job, let's talk numbers. And uh, they did. And they said a good number. And I was like, well, let's go for it. And they didn't even have me apply. I literally interviewed for it on my lunch break at my other job and got the job as I was driving
2: back from the interview.
1: Oh, wow. And now I'm here.
2: That's great. It was super fast. So this is your nine to five. This is the bread and butter. And
1: I think this is what makes Mm -hmm. your situation. Actually, I, I liked when I heard about this. I was excited because I think there's a lot of people like you in our industry. There's a lot more people doing this where they're splitting between two jobs. I think the only other person I remember was Marley when we had her on. She was working for AT&T, if am right. And so I remember we haven't had a lot of people like this. And I don't know if people realize that this is actually a lot more the norm in our industry than, than not. There are a lot of people juggling a nine-to-five or a part-time job, and then they're lashing job. And they're doing both just trying to get by because you're obviously relatively new. You're almost a year in, and you're just building up a clientele and all that. So – what have been some of the struggles with this? I mean, has there been any, ever any self-doubt? Like, oh, well, I'm not really a lash artist or any of those feelings as you go through this stage right now?
0: All the time. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to second-guess myself too much, but it's hard because the timing is ridiculous. I'm here from 8 to 4.30. Cause the, okay, so Monday through Friday, I allow one client, and that client appointment is at 5.30. Mm-hmm. And I work 25 minutes away from the salon that I lash out of. Yeah. So I go from 8 to 4.30. If I have a client, boom, straight there. And there's just no time for anything. anything else, like, yeah,
1: because you're working.
0: Like yeah. 12, and then you know, it's eight, just. 12
1: hour days or 12, 10, 12, 14 hour days, right?
0: Exactly. And then it's like when you're trying to keep up with the whole, okay. Get your Instagram up there. Post your reels three to five times a day or post this. (laughs) Make sure you're updating your stories. Oh, and don't just make sure you're on Instagram. Activate your this, this, and that. And did you post a TikTok today? And it's like, okay, that's great for people who have an hour space between clients maybe or only take their clients a day or couple clients a week and they have the time to just sit down and make that content and get their business right in that subject. Yeah. But when you have a nine to five, if there's a cheat code, somebody, please let me know. I haven't cracked
2: it yet. I haven't. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. A lot of our lash sisters are like this and their full-time bread and butter is not lashing.
1: And the reason why I know this, by the way, is whenever we've asked people, LashCon and I've seen other surveys ask, how much money do you make a year? most more than 50% of the people say they make less than $20,000 a year. So if you're making less than 20,000, it's not because you're working 80 hour weeks doing lashes. Cause then you'd be charging only like $5 a set. You're yeah. working as a side gig. You're doing it, you know, like you do in the evenings or I guess, do you work weekends too? Yep. Mm-hmm. OK,
0: so that was new to this year because before when I was listed under just because I used to just be Lynn's junior last week and I had my booking through her and everything. I only had the one appointment during the week and then one appointment on the weekend. Now that I'm like branched off a little bit, I'm still under her, but not a junior so much anymore. I guess I've opened up my Saturday availability. I'm considering opening up Sunday as well because I just just to allow more people to be able to book now that it's kind of. Okay, so my name's hustling. out there a little bit. Good for you. To, <laughs> and I'm trying to be more accommodating to people because it's hard. It's like people are nurses here. They don't have that evening availability to come lay down on the table. Exactly. They looking for early. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, what they can I do early? Sunday. Great. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> well, that makes sense because I think a lot of people don't you hear this, and this is only from people who've already been established and made it. And I think it's one of the big, it's not, I won't say it's a lie, but it is kind of a lie, that you got to be willing in the beginning, when you're just starting, to work whenever and any time that you can get there. Like, just... Do the time. Tuss, when she started working, she would go in at 6 a.m. She would take clients at 10 p.m. She would take clients on Sunday, Monday, Saturday, whenever. Vacation days. Like, we would be leaving. She said, no, I can get a client in. We're about to leave town. Like, I'm going to take one client real quick, and then we'll leave. Like, <laughs> she was just hustling. You can't do that all the time. And no. you can't
2: do that for years on end. But when you're trying to get those skills down, you need to.
1: And you're trying to build up the clientele. Eventually, once you've got enough clients in the books, then you can start putting the boundaries down, and you'll be surprised. Because the clients are loyal to you now, they'll flex. Like you think they won't. Like yeah. oh, they'll never come at this time. They no, really will. They, they yeah. will. They will. You just need to build that bond with them, so that when you finally put the boundaries in there, yeah, that rapport, that they, they'll flex with you and bend with you and all that. So I think this is great.
2: But I love the fact that you've just been taking one client a day because that's all that you can manage. That is how you do it. It's like going to night school or getting a degree one class at a time over years. Yeah. And that is no less legitimate. That's how it starts. I would encourage you also that you might not necessarily need to be continuing to post on Instagram. I mean, one of the best <laughs> words, I mean, you can, right? Yeah. But the best way of referral is word of mouth. So the people- That's what I've noticed. Yes. So the people that you've made a huge impact on, you say, is there anybody in your life that could benefit from the services that I'm offering? Is there anybody else? You know, you know having that conversation with each client is going to be more beneficial for you than I would say posting.
0: It really is. There's probably only 10, 15% of the people that I've had so far that actually have said that they've come from Instagram, and the rest are word of mouth. Cause I have a referral program and that helps. There like you go. if you refer somebody, you both get a discount. Yeah. That's how you do it. That's what helped it like go up more. Because before it was just like, okay, I gotta, gotta post, gotta post, gotta post, gotta post. And it wasn't working until I got that referral program. And that's when I finally that's- got like a
1: regular influx. Thank you for sharing that because this is one of the big, another big lie of our industry, I think, is that Instagram is the key to your success. And it is not. I ask salon owners all the time for years on end, I just love to say, hey, how do you build your business? And no one has ever said Instagram, not one. They say, yes, I have Instagram because obviously people might go and check and see photos of your work because it's a great place to have like a place to to verify that you exist and that you have stuff. But everyone says referral every time. What's your number one? So I always say, you know what? If something's working, that's what you need to double and triple down on. Not on the thing that's not working. And I think we spend a lot of time trying to hustle or make things that don't work to make them work a little bit better. It's like, okay, maybe you get like 10% and you're like, if I just put a little bit more posting, maybe I'll get that up to 15%. No, but what if you get, you got 90% from referrals. What if you, just work that a little bit and more. All yeah, the, yeah. All of a sudden you'll get a hundred percent and you may get, instead of getting five referrals in a month, you might sit, get 20 in a month all of a sudden, because you've really worked the referrals program where you get one extra phone call from someone from Instagram. You know what I mean? So I just think people need to realize that yeah. you find the thing that works best for you. And it may be different. There might be someone that just kills it on Instagram. I'm not going to say that. It's, it's impossible. Yeah,
0: absolutely. From what I've seen at least, and I could just be like looking at it wrong. It depends on what you want. To get out of it. yeah, It it really depends. Because I've noticed that some people, they use their pages to get, they have the numbers and they get the PR. Mm. And they share the PR. And that's all they want. I've seen one person, they don't even lash anymore. They just advertise. Yeah. And if that's what your goal is, then by all means, of course, crank those numbers out. Get those reels out there. But if you want to service people, you got to talk to people. You got to start where, where you're at.
1: Relationships,
0: your business cards under people's yes. windshield wipers yeah. at least something anything you, know, if you want real
1: people you gotta see them <laughs> yeah i always tell people and this is old school but yeah i'm glad you brought up business cards are still extremely valuable when it comes to building your business and when you're walking around have a card have an offer on your card right don't just have a business card that says your name but on the back side yeah. say hey come in and get a free fill with a new set of lashes or come in and get a brow wax or whatever with a new set of lashes have an offer so they can. Call you. And like you said, walk around. So next time someone says, what do you do for a living? You go, here's what I do. And you hand them a card yeah. and you never know. You just never know where that information is going to go.
0: i drop a gym. Well, I think it's a gym. I don't know. I, mean, mm-hmm. I, don't, it might be I bet it is, to it is a gym, like share it, but <laughs> I made my business cards on Canva. So that's the easiest way. Boom. Printed out. It was, it was affordable, but you also have that image there. It's right there. A lot of people have iPhones. You go to the movies, Airdrop that card. I, I do it with <laughs> no shame. I do it with no That's shame. That's awesome. If man. I'm at a party, because I go to my friend, is a. I have a good friend that he hosts events. Yeah. And a lot of his events, you know, they attract a lot of women. Yeah. And these are women who love going out. They love looking nice. As soon as that thing gets packed, oh, I'm airdropping. I have never card heard. I it. love it. That's
1: uh, that's guerrilla marketing. That's just finding a way <laughs> to get in there and just find a way to get in people's mailboxes. And it's a little yeah. different than doing the email or text. It's literally just like, oh, a business it card. it pops
0: it up and, and it stops what they're doing on their phone. Like they have to see it. They yeah. have There's to an see image it. image. And it's right, right there. Yeah,
1: that's really cool. I love that. That's really unique. Thank you. I'm going to keep that one. That's, <laughs> I, and I, you know, I, I just think it's fun. Of course, some people are like, I don't care. But you never know. Yeah. It's you... like, why
0: are you working when you're out? Oh, it's okay. Yeah. I can do this with one hand. And it takes no, <laughs> no time way. and
1: it doesn't cost you a thing. I mean, At
2: all. no, it's free compared to printing them out. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> totally true. Um, that's really cool. We'll love it.
2: Yeah, you know, we were just kind of talking about Instagram and while we're on the pathway of bagging on Instagram, one of the <laughs> things that I don't like, and we talked about this earlier, so I know you don't like it either. Is that people who like are in your your situation that are maybe doing lashes part-time trying to get up there because they've got another full-time job or maybe not a job, but they're taking care of little ones. And then you go on Instagram and you see all these lash artists and they have all these Aspirational lives—they're like going to all these amazing places. They like the tightest bodies ever. The celebrities, oh, in the Pilates, the, you know, on the plane beach ride. Tulum and then you look <laughs> at your life, and you're schlepping around with kids, and you're like, you know, eating chicken nuggets off their plate because you're, you know, your hair is in a bun, and you're like, I'm driving over.
0: my 2003 car.
2: There yeah. you go, yeah. yeah. There's like McDonald's wrappers in the car, and you're like, look at my life. Am I a real lash artist? Yes, you yeah. are. Because all that other stuff I want to say is not real. Yeah, maybe they have those moments, but that's not the day-to-day. And that's not the day-to-day of most lash artists. Yeah. It's just a image of what you want people to think that your life is.
1: Yeah. Uh, while we're talking, I'm going to do an Instagram. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you
0: hit it right on the nail. And this is something I, I would go to Lynn to all the time. And like Lynn, like this girl said, she just did that full set in 45 minutes. And now she's going on vacation and she, just it was just the comparison. Yeah. The best thing I could say is you don't compete. You cannot compete where you don't compare. Honestly, you, you mm. just don't. And when you're seeing like the girls with the private jets or not even, I haven't seen a lash artist do private yet. Yeah. But phone, <laughs> like the first class flights everything It's not real. It's not real. And I had to learn that in the most regular way possible by just going through the motions and doing the math and making it realistic. It's like, okay, it's not adding. The math is not math. And then once people realize that, that's yeah. it. It's just like, mm-hmm. you cannot just see her doing that and think mm-hmm. that you're doing something wrong when you you're doing it right. If you are doing lashes, you're a lash artist. Yes. You did. You got the knowledge. You learned how to do it. You took the time. You saved up and you paid for your course and your certification and blah, blah, blah. Now you're taking your clients. You're a lash artist, babe. <laughs> yeah.
2: You said something very key. It's like you're a lash artist. If you're posting like the food that you're eating and all this stuff, I mean, that's not doing lashes, right? Yeah. You're an that's influencer. Yeah. Or a wannabe influencer. <laughs> uh, a feeling yeah. or wanting other people to aspire to what you're doing, which is not necessarily lashing. They're wanting people to admire them for the wealth that they have, the leisure that they have in order to do and partake in these these wealthy things. But it's the lashing that makes you a lash artist.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the things that drives us nuts on Instagram is the flaunting of these things. And like you said, it doesn't add up. Like, wait a minute, you're a lash artist <laughs> and they're throwing some, throwing some money. Like they got some hundred dollar bills. Like, look at me. Yeah, I'm so the, rich. The
0: classic little band. And yeah. Or, the,
1: or they got the, they see them hopping in a really hot car that costs like $200,000. I'm like,
0: the tarot. I mean,
1: it- Wait, <laughs> you work as a Lash artist I mean, I know again, because again, we do the survey now for four years with LashCon. We always ask, like, when the attendees come, how much money do you make? We give a range. And we really only have one or two people say they make more than $150,000 a year. And I'm hoping they mean income, not. Gross. Gross. Like, it's, oh yeah, yeah, I made 200000 and then I had to pay my rent and my insurance and so I only made one forty or whatever it is. Hopefully when they say they make one fifty, it's actually salary, take-home salary. But even if you make $150,000 a year, you can't afford a $200,000 car. You can't even afford to go to a month to Bali and do that type of stuff. You can't. There's a disconnect. People don't understand. There's something else going on here that we don't see that either one, they have someone else, Helping them, they're a trust yep. fund kid, they have parents, yep. they have a boyfriend, a husband, someone else that's helping to fund their lifestyle. So that while they maybe make good money, 150,000 is really good money. I don't think anyone's gonna be like, uh, I won't sign up for that.
0: I'm not gonna turn my nose down. Yeah, that, yeah, that's but- good
1: money, but that's not you're not a millionaire, that's not millionaire money. That it, you know, how many years? I mean, let's say you make 150,000 and you have to save money to become a millionaire one day because you want to save your money. So you'll say you put $20,000 a year from the 150 into investments. It's still going to take you, I think, 30 years to make turn that money into a million dollars.
2: And a lot of times we judge ourselves, especially if you're just starting out, you judge yourself next to somebody who's been doing it for like 10 years for for a really long time. It's like when you first get out of college or you first graduate high school, you can't compare yourself to a 50 year
1: old who's an established career. Like yeah. No, no. no. You, yeah, you, no.
2: You're,
0: you're an, got, an intern.
1: You've got <laughs> to give yourself
2: time to crawl up the ladder. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I guess that's the thing that I think is hard for people to realize. And, and they see these things on Instagram that, like, it's I just, hard
0: to realize it because nobody talks about
1: it. Yeah. I mean, I think we all know inside that it's there, right? But they're not talking yeah. about it. And I don't think, the, and I think, like, I just love the idea that it doesn't add up. If you see a lifestyle, if you see things that don't, and you go, wait, I make money. I mean, Tusk makes good money, but we're not doing any of that crazy stuff you see online because we, it's not enough money to live that type of lifestyle. So maybe it's not real. Maybe it's something else. And that hopefully that brings comfort to people to know that 99% of us, we're just living day-to-day, hustling. Salt of the
2: earth, taking care of family, taking care of another job, doing lashes for a passion. Keep it up. Don't judge yourself based on other people's. Don't compare. Yeah. Because
0: your comparison is the thief of joy. And I, yes. I have to say that to myself, even as I'm just scrolling on Instagram still. Like, I'm very comfortable with knowing that I'm doing everything the right way. I'm doing everything at least the right way with how I should be doing it. Yeah. Like, I've I'm, I'm got my built face. I'm still doing my passion. Things will get better as I go on. Don't even compare yourself to your mentor. Girl, mm-hmm. she's been doing this for six, seven years. And where she's at, she came from somewhere and got there. You didn't just jump. It was just work, 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 work. And now, boom, here's a little bit of a reward. But she's still even, even when you get your first reward, I'm not stopping there. Like, there's going to be something else that I want. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to keep working until I get it. And I just, I can't, it's not a process that you can rush. And I know that now. And that's
1: patience. <laughs> patience is one of those virtues that isn't, I think, valued enough in our inter- world and life. I think in general, people all want instant gratification and all that. And I think just saying, look, as long as you know what you're moving forward and you know where you're trying to go, patience is your best friend because it just means that you're not going to be miserable in the process, right? Because you, you're patient. You're like, you know what? I know where I want to be. I know where I'm aspiring to be, but I know it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to be. Two days from now, it'll be that instant, the celebrity last star. It's going to take me years. Yeah. I mean, we had people get upset when we were talking with you. One of the things that when I first met you, people were upset at us because we were talking about people being speakers at LashCon and they were saying, well, you just don't know our struggles. You don't know how hard it is for us to be speakers and get there. And I was like, actually, you know what? You know how long it took us to be a speaker at a conference? 14 years, <laughs> 14 years before we got asked to be a speaker at a conference and or 13 or 14 years. And I'm like, have you waited 13 years to be a speaker? And the person's like, no, I just been doing lashes for a year. And I'm like, then why are you mad? I mean, no offense. Yeah. I, I understand the pain, right? You want things to happen quickly, but you have to be in it for the long haul. You got to be, Realize it's gonna take time and hard work and just hustle before you eventually get recognized and that maybe that opportunity will arise. Mm. But I think it's yeah, anyway, it's one of those crazy things that happens that I don't think people understand. And I, I can see your heart is in the blame right place. social
0: media. That's it. Because I mean you go on TikTok and it's like, yeah, I quit my nine to five and I started to be a lash tech and now I make six, seven figures, and I lash Tiana Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> 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 And it's just like, they don't show the middle. It's like, I just quit and I just started lashing and they don't even hint on how long it takes to learn to make a fan.
1: I know.
2: Oh, it's so rushed. And it makes people feel bad.
1: It does. And I think people get off on that. I think people like that feeling like, oh, I'm here. I don't know why they like that, but they like to show off. And then I think that there's a sense of empowerment, I guess, for them, or I'm better than you. I, I don't know. Well, it's, it's like a figure you make
2: it. If other people are respecting you, then that means that you made it, right? Yeah. And I kind of wanted to use this point to talk about the one thing before we sign off on yeah. people's idea about the rules. You mentioned it earlier. There's like certain ways that you can do things, and there's certain ways that you can't. And it really, it's one of my hot spots. And as, <laughs> and as a
1: newbie, you've experienced this, so we'd love to hear kind of your perspective on this.
2: Yeah, from the POV of
0: a brand new little baby tech. You can, at least, or I can see it. There is, you got your OGs and they do it this way. And then you got everybody else and they're doing it. They're they're taking a risk and trying this trend or they're gluing that star on that lash or (laughs) whatever. And the OGs are like, no, you cannot do that. That's the wrong way to do that. You do that, blah, blah, blah. And when you ask them why, like what you said earlier, they don't have a reason for it. They don't. No. Yeah. It's just, well, I learned that twenty five years ago.
2: It's just, okay. <laughs> so you're in a lot of Facebook groups, and when you were trying to find answers about how to do stuff, there were people that were like, "You can't do it that way." And you were saying mm-hmm. that with hair cosmetology, what was it that you used—the wig cap, or the poke cap, <laughs> or the foil? Like,
0: yeah. So I used the foil example versus the the poke. Yeah, the, I I the rubber rubber like latex rubber cap the, and for yeah, frosting. Yeah, remember that? When you're
2: highlighting hair, you, you put- The you little put
0: tips th- and you had to, like, poke it and pull it through and you got the most blockiest line mm-hmm. in the world. Chunky. And now there's foil. And you just, you weave it and you put your foil on and boom. Or you could balayage and boom and you're gone. And then you got the older people who did the the pokes mm-hmm. in the cosmetology field. They're like, oh, that's kind of cool, actually. Wait, it's hold on. It's just a you different technique. Yeah, versus here, it's like, no. <laughs>
1: so you felt like, and then some, I, I always love Looked at the hair world because I feel like the hair world that's been around forever, right? I mean, people have been cutting hair since the beginning of time, probably. So that's yeah. something that there's much more established and they have routines. And one of the things I think that you brought up was like, you came from that world and you're like, wow, everyone's kind of accepting. If someone's a new idea, like show oh, me. Can do
2: it that way. But that's know? not yeah. what you see in
1: the Facebook groups, right? For lashes.
0: Mm-mm, not yeah. so far. Not, yeah.
2: not, not yet.
1: Not yet. At least.
2: Uh, not yet. And I think there's a couple reasons why that that is. Um, some of these OGs, they're pioneers, right? They were doing lashes when it was just I wasn't just wasn't even thought of. It wasn't yeah, even no, I didn't of, even right? know what they were. And their success is hard fought, like it's like crawling on a beach on your stomach, just trying to establish a beachhead. So there's blood, sweat, and tears that have followed that confidence, right? And they have built their reputation doing it one way and like doing it, they they usually pride themselves on doing it right because who wants to say that they cut corners, right? So I think that that's part of people's identity by saying, no, this is how we did it. And they had very strict boundaries because it wasn't like they were following anybody else. They were establishing it for the first time. And those guidelines were what kept them safe. And so now when new people are coming on and and horizons want to be broadened. Pushing the boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, For lack of a better
0: word, I guess you could see that in a little bit, but at the same time, I would, yes, I get it though. It's not like I'm saying like they completely need to just open their arms and gives everybody a hug. If you feel challenged, I hear you, Mm -hmm. but I'm also trying to let you know that you do not have to be challenged because I'm coming to you with an idea, but I'm also if you like it, I'm willing to show you so you can take that idea and make it your own. I mean, it's lashing. You there's you got your set little your what you know you need to do, but you also have so much room to be creative and make literally anything, put your own spin on anything and make anything your own signature because it's creative. That's what's fun about being in beauty you don't have to just be one way or the highway. Be acceptive. That's it. That's all I ask. As a baby to an OG, be acceptive. Yeah.
2: (laughs) You just want to ask yourself, why? What are those rules? What are they based on? And is it something that I can challenge? Is it something that I can try to tease apart or figure out? And there's always going to be people that will look down on you and say, you cannot do it that way. You can say, we can still be friends. I'm going to explore a different avenue and I'm going to see for myself if this is something that can work for me and for work for my community. It's okay that you want to think That way and operate that way, that's okay. I'm not going to come for you. I'm not going to say that you're a bad person. Yeah, Uh, I'm not going to call you mean.
1: (laughs) It's not a moral dilemma here. I think we often treat lashes like we're heart surgeons, and that if you do the wrong thing, the person might die in the process. And it's just, this is not true. No one has died as of now, thank God, from lashes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, knock on wood. It's not happened yet. And, And so we don't need to treat it with that kind of level of. Well, it's also very,
2: very very hard to permanently damage a hair follicle. It requires traction alopecia, which it means constant tension. And we're talking about the span of a life of a growth phase of an eyelash. So it's going to be maybe a minimum or a maximum of two weeks, constant pressure or pulling on one. So it's not just one lash that's heavier. You know, that doesn't have enough tension or torque to cause damage. Right? Our <laughs> yeah. lashes are designed to be a certain length and then fall out. That's why we never have to cut them. So it's very difficult to permanently damage a hair follicle.
1: And I think that's what everyone's always afraid of is on damage. the eyelashes, the, yeah.
2: not yeah. necessarily on the head. Sorry. And that's and, then no. <laughs> about,
1: and, and I think it's overstated fear. I just think it's one of those things like we're always saying, you know, we got to calm down with the fear mongering <laughs> and learn. Let people explore options. I don't feel like in the hair world there is any of that going on. People show up and want like we show a guy cutting hair with fire or another guy cutting yeah. with machetes. I mean, not that yeah. we should encourage that probably, but people aren't like freaking out. Hey, at least he way. did it. Yeah. You know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> totally. And that's like something else I stress too. It's like, if, if there's anybody who has done anything and everything to their lashes, it's, it's me. I've had lash horror stories i've ripped mm-hmm. them out i don't even know how many times but look they come back we all that's have they come yeah. back we all yeah. have pulled people's lashes out don't freak out yeah. yes and i'm like i'm I, I wasn't even talking about my clients I'm about my
1: own I've like- <laughs> <laughs> you've tested your own limits
0: oh absolutely if there's a new tape or something that i want to try and put on me and if it takes something out it takes them out now i know
1: <laughs> that's really cool I'm glad you had brought this up because this is actually why we started our podcast. We talked before we got into this recording. We were saying, yeah, we started this podcast for the sole reason we were being told all, no all the time by people. No, no, no. You and do it wrong. You do it wrong. We
2: didn't have an audience. We didn't have a, a platform.
1: And we want to give people an opportunity who think outside the box, who want to experiment, who want to try new ideas, who want to say, what if we did spikes? What if I did this? Or what if I did? And like, go for it. You're not breaking any rules here. There's no, there really are no lost gods who oversee the operations and say this but i mean i just again saw the other day someone posted something about 0.20s like 0.20s are like almost like immoral no they're like not. i'm like no offense if but- you
2: look at some of these big fans like 20d
1: yeah. right yeah.
2: <laughs> it's the same thing same thing it's ridiculous
0: it's just math break it down yeah if you really if before you just say you cannot do that
2: think of it as you might be doing that with a classic you could be like, did you, did you break exactly. it down? Like, yeah. are you sure? Have in you've... fact, I think the classics actually are a little bit harder on the lashes. They are. The, the one thing about volume is it spreads out the tension. And so in some ways, with people with the shallowest follicles that don't grow very long, using a volume lash on them that is like a 0.03, it spreads out that tension and it doesn't pull as much on the individual hair. So exactly. I think when people have these hard and fast rules, you know, 0.25 is immoral, that It's ridiculous. You have to understand how the hair grows and how it's damaged in order to understand that you can't do that. And
1: everyone's eyes are different. There's no one way of anything. Everyone's very, very different.
2: That just goes back into are you
0: doing a consultation versus aren't you? You, you just have to know who you're dealing with, what their body is like, what they've gone through, just so you can know how to go forward. Yeah, It's just like doing a patch test with your hair. There's a wiggle room for everything. You just got to, it's case
1: by case. Yep. No, definitely. So, well, this has been fun. It I, has I really, it's been fun. nice and I felt and I'm glad we got to make a new friend with you and I uh, can't wait to hang out with you at Lashcon in Anaheim. I love
2: and I love I'm going to think of you as the champion of all those baby lash techs. You are <laughs> setting a good example and walking in the path of what is real for those gals.
0: If you have a job, baby, if you, any other like other baby lash techs or beginner lash techs and you're just wondering like When am I even going to be able to make think of a transition into a salon? It's going to work itself out. I Mm -hmm. take it from me. And if you need a realistic Instagram account, I'm posting on my story all the time how sometimes I just don't want to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I started doing that more regularly because it's like, I don't see that. And because I don't see that. I'm going to do it and I don't care if somebody doesn't like it, but I'll just, I just did it the other day. I'm like, I'm sorry, I have a client tonight and I'm setting up the tile right now, guys, and I'm here, but I don't want to be here.
2: (laughs) 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 I'm tired. I just got off of work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like it's refreshing for people to see. Yes, sure.
2: And let's say somebody wants to find that and get some of that wonderful refreshment. Where Where can can they they find find you? You can find me at
0: Lashed by underscore lease and lease is spelled L I
1: S E. Awesome. Well, Lisa, it's been a blessing to hang out with you and hopefully everyone listening, especially I know a lot of people in our audience are just like you. They're just beginners just starting out, getting their feet wet and they just, you know, it's okay to work two jobs. Don't feel bad. You're not a bad person. You're not like somehow (laughs) A you're, faker. A, a fake you're a lash artist. lash artist no you're a lash artist you're even realer yeah mm-hmm. you're just you're just hustling you're paying the bills you taking care of your family you take, take care, care yourself. of yourself kids whatever it is you gotta do to get there and there's no one way really i wouldn't say there's really like a right way there's your way
0: as long as you get there
1: yeah exactly we're so, all
0: going to the same place
1: yep exactly <laughs> so at least thank you so much and let's definitely hang out at LashCon. otherwise yes, i'm so excited to meet you guys in person yes and uh, otherwise <laughs> it's been a blessing thank you so much thank
0: you Thank
1: you so much for having me you guys hey guys that's a wrap we are done we are out of here thank you so much for hanging out with us today i want to ask you to please follow us on instagram at lashcast and at the lash conference and remember to subscribe share and review on behalf of my lash button testimony as well as our special guest Lise, i want to thank you for taking some time to listen keep on lashing and remember you're a friend in the lash industry